Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. So settle in, take a deep breath, and let's see what we can learn today. We are going to talk about screen time and technology with children, with toddlers all the way up to eight years old. It's a very real part of our children's lives these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that lots of families use with their children. And I, let's look at some numbers about what that looks like. Children ages 8 to 10 get an average of six hours per day of screen time. Mm. Those younger than age 2 are tallying 49 minutes. Wow. Two to four-year-olds watch two and a half hours. And this is according to Common Sense Media. So those are some pretty big numbers that just show how much media is being consumed by children these days. So I think it's important if we're going to have that going on, how can we weigh any positive effects of media and really understand some of the negative aspects of using digital media in our homes with our children? The positives and the negatives. We talked about this earlier. It's not like the biggest influence in our children's lives because hopefully the family is. But in some families, it is one of the biggest influences in in the children's lives. So let's go to some of the studies. And you've mentioned one of them. But there was another one from Mayo that mentioned some of the consequences, inadequate sleep schedules and insufficient sleep, behavior problems, delays in language and social skills development, violence, like behavioral problems. Like they've they've observed kids that after they watch too much, it can lead to explosive behaviors, attention problems, and even their learning deficits because of, of all this screen time. What are we saying when we say screen time? Anything that uses a screen, like telephones, computers, television, tablets, any gaming devices. Gaming devices, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we want to point out, we're not really talking about FaceTiming grandparents, though. Oh, that's FaceTiming right. FaceTiming family that's right. members who are far away or who are on business trips. We're not counting that because there is great value in being able to relate yes. to people who yes. are far. So that's good. That's Leslie. the only screen time that we're accepting <laughs> from this conversation. Right. Okay, so what does it do to the brain? If we think about the very basic level of the way our brain forms neural connections, and we talked about this in some of our earlier podcasts, Mm -hmm. the brain wires, it forms neural connections through interactions with others and through interactions with the environment. Mm -hmm. So at the very basic level, we know that something is going on with our child's brain when they are watching or using digital media. Whether it's positive or negative, we know that our child's brain is being affected in that moment. So right. at the very basic level, we really it, it really is important to consider what that means for our child's development. Right. So something is happening. Yes, yes. something and is that's happening. That's what we're going to look yes. into. So there was a study of children three to five, and it suggested that digital media use or screen time impacts some of the development of the brain areas responsible for things like visual processing, empathy, attention complex memory, and early reading skills. 
And this, this was discovered using MRI scans. They can see what parts of the brain are activated. And they used things like the child's access to the screens. Were they in their bedrooms? Were they in common areas? The frequency of use, the content that they, they uh, watched, and the parent-child use together. So they used things like that to kind of better understand the type of screen time the child was having. Mm-hmm. And they found that there was an acceleration of basic things like visual processing from children using screen time. But there was underdevelopment in the brains in other higher order areas and that support some more complex skills. So as you were saying before, they found that there was lower language development, their social skills were not as developed, and their reading skills were lower. Hmm. So there was really a relationship between this higher, more frequent media use and the brain structure, and it begins in early childhood, and it could even become more extensive over time. So that's concrete studies. I mean, they see it in the brain. Because these structures of the brain are changing while the child is watching television or computer. And that's why we're having this conversation today, because we want to make moms, dads, grandparents aware, because this is very, very important Mm -hmm. when the kids are developing. So do children learn or they're learning when they're watching these programs? I think most of the studies that we read indicated that younger, young children, so toddlers under twos, their learning is not very elevated or enhanced by digital screen time, mm-hmm. that they learn so much more from an actual interaction with a person who's sharing their space with them. I was really surprised that every organization that I looked at, the American Academic of Pediatrics, the WHO, psychology, they all agreed that under the age two, They should not be looking at screens. I was very surprised at that. That that just like, wow. What I read tended to suggest that children who do not receive a lot of hands-on learning opportunities at home can benefit from some educational high-quality screen time. But children who are receiving educational opportunities, high language, Mm -hmm. literacy opportunities at home, they weren't harmed by it, but it didn't really contribute too much to their learning. It was just a thing. Well, let's differentiate between high quality and maybe low quality programming. So let's first hit high quality. When there's a storyline for the child to follow, when it's interactive. So maybe the central character is someone the child talks to, has a, interacts with, they ask questions for the child to respond to, kind of more interactive. Slower pace. Slower pace for children to process because yes. they process slowly. Mm-hmm. Natural colors, things more that muted. reflect the real world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, not overly bright, not uh-huh. a lot of changing what would you say, like lots of things coming into the screen, yeah. lots of fast music? Well, it, it pauses so that the children can process things. It's not so fast that the kids can't take it in. Mm-hmm. It's just slower so that the brain can process it. And I think one thing they pointed out was a lot of that busy interchanging imagery causes a dopamine hit. Okay, now that's yeah. when we're getting into this next one. Yeah. What would we say is poor quality? What we're describing, those fast-changing scenes, lots of... Um, 
imagery, bright colors, fast movement. Yes. Uh, those things tend to start have a dopamine hit yeah, for the brain. And, and the child can't take it all in. It's just faster than what he can think. Mm-hmm. And it's just quick, quick and yeah. Just it's just fast, violent content, advertising on the app. Since a young mm-hmm. child doesn't know the difference between ads and factual information, yeah. And I think we want to make another point that the brain is growing so rapidly before age five; it's exquisitely sensitive to experiences that it has. Okay, so talk about the dopamine hit. What does that do to a child's brain? It wires it to seek that dopamine hit again, and again. And again and again. Yes. So some of the studies that I read, it was shocking to me how little kids can become addicted to shows. And I'm not going to name some of them right now, but I think some of the listening, some of y'all that are listening know the shows that we're talking about, that they are so addictive that kids, they have pictures of kids screaming and yelling for their parents to turn it on and then screaming and yelling when it's turned off. I mean, that's that's yeah. crazy. And so that helps you understand what's happening in your child's brain and why they are doing that. Because it's a feel-good drug mm-hmm. that it's supposed to... I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's kind of... It's something to think about. Mm-hmm. It is something to think about. So we came up with, with some general rules of thumb. What's, what's one? Co-viewing. Mm-hmm. The parent watching whatever it was on the computer, on the television, with the child so that they could talk about it. You could ask questions about what's going on. You could see the thing in real life. So let's say on the TV show, if they're walking down a sidewalk, you can talk to your child about, oh, we have sidewalks in our neighborhood. When you're outside, oh, here's the sidewalk, just like in the television show that we were watching. Mm -hmm. So you can bring it to their real life experience. That's right. And if something comes up that's not a family value, you can talk about, well, you know, that's not really what we live to with our family. And you can pause the TV. We know we can stop the TV whenever Mm -hmm. we want. But you had a great idea about activities. Yeah. So, And if they are walking on the sidewalk or skipping in the television show that you're watching or the computer, have your child skip. Oh, we can skip too, just like this character is. Let's skip around the room. So anything that's interactive that brings whatever they're viewing to their real life experience does enhance their learning. So what about having a computer or a TV in their room? I would say most things that we've read and and what I believe is, no, they should not have access to screens in their rooms. Right. Have it in the most lived-in room. Yes. If it's the kitchen, living area, or whatever is the most lived-in room. Yes. That's where you should keep it and put limits on it. And that does give you more opportunities then to interact with them and co-view and enhance their learning. Because remember, for young children, real learning takes place in their real world. Mm-hmm. And set the expectations, have them state it clearly if they're old enough, let them understand. Yeah, I think children, if they know up front what the expectations are and you develop limits and you structure that for them and you maintain those, children understand. And we talked about this too. If they're going to somebody else's house and you don't know what that family believes or their convictions about screen time, or what could we do? You know, conversations... On the front mm-hmm. end, her always best, just to talk about it. I ran into a couple of issues that, oh, well, my kids, we just watch everything. The father watched them and we watch them together. And we had to make some hard choices. 
it's better just invite the kids over to your home in that case. And of course, we're talking about a little bit older, you know, school kids, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third grade. But yeah, just be open, discuss, find out where and what's going on, where your kids are going, even if it's a neighbor, even if it's somebody at church or somebody that your husband works with, family, make sure you know, be aware. What are some other things that they could be doing instead of being on the screen? Since television doesn't, or screen time, computers, games, iPads, devices, don't really enhance your child's learning that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there might be some positive gains there, but there's not a lot. And I know I'm a parent. I used screens when my children were young. I perhaps turned something on while I was cooking supper. You know, I, we use television, computer devices as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And I think we can be completely honest about that. Right, yeah. And so there is a sense of in parenting, we want to balance, you know, our needs, their needs. How can we do things, these things? But think about what are they missing out on when we do give them something to do when we're busy doing something? What are other things they could be doing? I mean, boredom is a good, a good learning tool. It is. If a child needs to be occupied with something, think of all the exploration of art materials they could do. We had a table that I would set out with art paint with just watercolors, and they could just play or wash dishes in the sink next to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are lots of other types of activities to keep them busy when you are also busy, where you can still supervise. So just think about, what am I taking away from them by going to an easy activity? Putting on the TV. In our kitchen, growing up with the kids, they had a cabinet, and they had pots and pans and wooden spoons and measuring cups, and I would throw, like, Cheerios or, you know, they could mix it up and just do whatever, and they knew that they could play in that cabinet. I remember a lot of times all the pots and pans would come out and they'd crawl in the cabinet, you know, and but that was fun too. They would just play in there. But even if you're not an arts and crafty person, there's still so much that the kids can do and play and have fun. I would suggest thinking real hard because just putting on the TV does rob them of so much creativity and just fun that they wouldn't get the opportunity to do. Toddlers and preschoolers can help cook supper. There are things that they can do while you're preparing the meal to keep them busy that actually contribute Mm -hmm. to the meal. So just think think about that. And my daughter-in-law has this stool. I'm I'm sure she just got it on Amazon, but it stands up tall and they can stand in it and it's up by the counter with her and it's safe. Mm -hmm. And she stands up. Her daughter sits there and measures things with her and cooks with her all the time. I thought that was the coolest thing. But I also want to suggest for whoever's listening to consider Christian media and screen time. When my kids were young, I probably overdid the controlling on media. I was pretty strict with what they watched on TV. We didn't do Disney. We were pretty strict. But I thought if I'm going to choose TV, I'm going to choose something that will benefit them. And so I went to Christian media, and I'm going to read a scripture, Isaiah 55, 11. It says, my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. We had great Christian shows that I 
And if I name them right now, you won't even know what they are, like the donut man. I mean, the kids don't even know when I say that now. I had to pull it up and, and show them what it was. But they have so much available. Faithful Moms, and you can go to faithfulmoms.org for toddlers. There was so much there that was available. Right Now Media, for the whole family, our church offers that free. If you're a member, you get that free, and that's for the whole family. They have for toddlers, they have all the way up to adults, they have Bible studies, they have everything available. And Pure Fix, that's for the whole family also. So I would just suggest looking into some Christian media out there. But I would also warn young moms and dads out there that if you're watching something, dig a little bit deeper because Leslie and I did that and we were surprised that some of them that were like gurus on telling us what's a quality show and not a quality show, what they sponsor and what they promote. I think if you looked into it, you may not agree with what they're backing. Yeah, you know, seeing if your values are represented in the television shows that your children have. I know my children loved some television shows that were based on children's books. Little Bear, Mm. Franklin, Arthur, I and mean, we really enjoyed some of these sweet stories that really had to do with what children their age were experiencing. Max and Ruby, about yes. siblings. Yes. So that's another thing about quality, just to think about. You know, it's really just the normal, typical day, quiet, slow-paced. And some of those shows are still available, I think. I know. I mean, we watched The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They had a younger one. They had a cartoon one. They had a little animal one. I mean, just quality shows that if you are going to do it, be really wise in your choices because screen time influences and can really hurt the mind of a child. So let's say you're a parent who has relied on the television or the computer maybe more than you had hoped. We understand we all have things going on in our lives where we tend to lean on something. Hey, that's okay. I can start today Mm -hmm. and do things differently. My child's brain continues to form those neural connections and we're just going to start playing and doing more activities and they're going to see my eyes. We're going to have all these meaningful moments together and start from there. That's beautiful. And that's grace in the form of the way God created our brain. Yes. We're not going to get it right every time. And if you fall back into it, just start again. Oops, start again. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at the Mind of a Child Pod, or you can email us at the Mind of a Child Podcast at gmail.com.